0: It's Wednesday the 7th of February I'm Miranda Sawyer And I've worked out a dance routine To the PopCon's latest release (laughs) Welcome back to Papercuts The modern newspaper review Where we take a giant leap Into a big pile of papers Like a team of happy puppies Then we scrabble about And rip everything apart With our teeth To find the parts we like, which we offer all dribbly to you, our (laughs) beloved owners. Sorry, listeners. Before we get into things, here's a little reminder about the Paper Cut Supporters Club. We always say, hey, don't forget to back us and get a fabulous mug, but we don't always explain why we're asking. Here at Papercuts Towers we spend our money wisely. We employ talented young producers and we pay them properly. Nobody here works for experience or exposure. We buy the actual papers and they cost us 600 pounds a month. Plus John Evangelista Ellidge won't get out of bed for anything less than two coffees a day.
1: That is a medical problem.
0: We know (laughs) times are tight, but just £3 a month will not only get you ad-free episodes, extra stories and a shout-out on the show, but it will really help keep us afloat and able to stick it to the man and the Murdochs. We're aiming for 500 followers, and if we get that, then we might do something special and supporters only with you all. So why not join the Papercut Supporters Club? Just go to the show notes and click on the link that says back.papercutshow.com. Now, back to the papers. Here are the headlines for today's show. Popcorn at the Popcons. The papers enjoy themselves at launch of new Tory splinter group, Popular Conservatives. Sorry, <laughs> 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 just you can't help it, can you? <laughs> the Royal Me. Columnists managed to make the King's Cancer all about them. And Pink Wafer Struggles. Finally, a paper does a proper Bicky Top Ten and you can vote in it. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we're already thinking quasi-qua-who. <laughs> I'm Miranda Sawyer and joining me today is new statesman writer and mocker of silly political PR types It's John Ellidge. hi John
1: I haven't had enough coffee for this Oh no, I'm sorry
2: <laughs> Don't and, throw your mobile phone at us <laughs>
0: <laughs> And also with us is comedian and scoffer at anyone who doesn't actually want to marry Cher It's Grania Maguire, hi Grania. Snap out of it <laughs> <laughs> So what have we got on the front pages today? John, what have you got?
1: I've got four of the broadsheets and they all have the exact same picture on. So the Times, Harry reunited with father after diagnosis. The picture is not of Harry. The picture is of uh, the king and queen in a car. Same picture, Daily Telegraph, Harry dashed to see father. In The Guardian, Prince Harry visits king after cancer diagnosis. They really know how to sell a story, don't mm-hmm. they? Mm. Uh, but also, cheerily, NHS delays leave 600 children a week facing mental health crisis. Yeah fun. No no picture of that. Mm. The Eye also has that picture with the wonderful headline UK in soft regency. <laughs>
0: I have to say, when I read this, it made me think of, do you know that particular performance of Vogue that Madonna did where she dressed up in kind of Regency outfits with all... I mean, it's a a high campery point, and that's what I thought. Soft Regency. (laughs) It's
1: just all gone a bit Bridgerton, hasn't it? Uh, uh, Anyway, the the eye as ever goes its own way under the same picture. Exclusive post office built second IT system behind wrongful convictions.
0: Okay, It's obviously something to do with the king and queen. Mm. Just ruining the mood with some actual news there.
1: (laughs) Didn't get the memo. <laughs>
2: um,
1: what have you got, yeah
2: So the Daily Mail, their headline is more of a tush than a headline. It says, Daily Mail, Harry spends just 45 minutes with Charles. Oh, oh. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and Duke and William have no plans to meet at all. Well, there you go. And it's got a picture of Harry in a car going to see his ill dad and then a pi- another picture of the king and queen departing afterwards. Mm. So, you know, I hope Harry just reads the Daily Mail and really has a little think <laughs> about how he should behave. The sun leads with King's 30-minute reunion with Harry. So is it 45 minutes or 30? We just don't know. Oh, God, listen.
1: 37 and a half.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And again, a lot of touching in this headline. Charles waited to see him. His madge is, in inverted commas, doing well. Oh, so right. he's not doing very much, is he? Surely he's just recovering from like
0: whatever <laughs> yeah. procedures he's having for cancer. Yeah, why is
1: he whinging about waiting? He's not yeah. like, doing <laughs> anything <else> to do. He's <laughs> just sitting there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the mirror leads with brave face of the king. And uh, it says, emotional Charles seen for the first time after cancer battle revealed. Harry's 30 minute chat with dad, but no meeting with brother. Sunak blasted over wait times as plight of NHS patients exposed. Okay. So again, almost annoyingly, some really important news. Sneaking in mm. to this big story everybody's going with. And then the Daily Star once again covering the stories. Other newspapers are too Scared, to cowed by big media to cover. Don't flush your bog if it's raining. <laughs> Tory MP's master plan for fixing our crappy overflowing sewers. So that is, who's telling us not to, to flush our toilets? Well, I'll tell you who it is. A Wazook MP. Okay.
1: <laughs> that doesn't narrow it down.
2: A Wazook MP by the name of Flick Drummond. Flick Drummond. Flick Drummond. She sounds like a cartoon character. She sounds he? like a, a,
0: a chiclet writer.
1: <laughs> she sounds like the heroine of a screwball comedy from the 1930s.
0: <laughs> but she's a wasic MP. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> OK, we, I feel like we should mention Donald Trump. Oh, I mean, I? I know we all want to because <laughs> um, he's made the front of the FT. Why is he on the front
1: of the FT, John? Just before I get into this, do you remember how one of the great emotions that the 2020 presidential election brought forth was the realisation we weren't going to have to hear mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to wake up every day and find that this man had done something else yeah. and we had to care about it. And, and that's over. That is never happening again in any of our natural lifetimes. Uh, anyway, it is kind of good news. He's, uh, he tried to get presidential immunity Uh, His argument was that uh, anything he did while president was basically not criminal by definition. He had to be impeached first. But three judges in the court in Washington, D.C. have unanimously ruled he can't have immunity just because he was president. Because for the purposes of this criminal case, former President Trump has become citizen Trump. Mm. And so like the case against him uh, regarding the attempts to overturn the aforementioned 2020 presidential election result can go ahead, as can the other three criminal cases. Trump will be appealing. Mm, But not appealing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. Now, many of the papers have covered the launch yesterday of yet another new mini-breakaway splinter group of the Tory party, which seems to have descended into teenage girls' levels of cliqueiness. And just to make themselves sounding even more teenage girl, this new breakaway group has called itself the Popular Conservatives, or (laughs) Popcons for short. John, who is in this new fabulous Mean Girls Tribute Act?
1: Uh, Well, one of the leaders of the Popular Conservatives (laughs) is with with amazing comic timing i have to say liz truss <laughs> uh, who is i think actually according to polling the least popular politician in britain
0: yes i mean apparently the polling is so strong apparently the polling is she her favorability rating is minus 54% <laughs> That's how popular she is. There was an
1: incredible headline in the Huffington Post. Uh, Exclusive, List Trust remains really unpopular ahead of popular conservatism launch, poll <laughs> reveals. And there's a quote from uh, Chris Hopkins, the uh, director of Savanta. It is ironic that popular conservatism couldn't find a more unpopular spokesperson if they actively tried. I know, it's great. But they have been trying. <laughs> uh, other people in the room include Lee Anderson who yeah. you'll recall less than seven years ago was campaigning for, for Jeremy Corbyn Jacob Rees-Mogg he's there other people who I think were in the room but were not actually involved in the campaign: Pretty Patel Brendan Clark Smith Lord Frost who's never been right about anything mm-hmm. Nigel Farage though he claims he was only there as a journalist <laughs> <laughs> which is wonderful. Uh, a couple of people who, who were not in the room, uh, Simon Clark was actually kicked out of the popular Conservatives before they got big. He's like the Pete Best.
0: Um, because, because
1: he'd been trying to actively trying to bring down Rishi Sunak. And it's very important to the popular Conservatives that they, they try and bring down Rishi Sunak in a way that nobody notices they're doing it. Right, OK. Uh, also, Kwasi Kwarteng <laughs> chose to use the exact moment they were having this conference to announce that he would not be standing again as an MP.
2: Oh, my God. I really,
1: I was so disappointed that in his statement he didn't say that he'd achieved all he wanted to in politics. So I was really <laughs> looking forward to that. Uh, but someone who apparently was in the room and someone, called, I don't think this is a real person. Ranil Jaya Wadana, Wadina.
0: I don't know. I mean, I genuinely, I, I, when I wrote this person's name down, I'd never written it down before.
1: Apparently, he was a member of Truss's cabinet. He was environment secretary for like for those 49 days. Mm. I've literally never heard of this person. I think people are just like writing fictional MPs names into these stories <laughs> yeah. just,
0: yeah, just the, to see if we spot it. <laughs> um, what do they want, the pop the popcorn's then? You know,
1: I have absolutely no <laughs> idea. Um, it's all, I mean, it's all free market nonsense, is it? I mean, their argument is basically that the values of the Conservative Party, which you may recall has been running the United Kingdom for 32 of the last 45 years, are, are somehow institutionally prejudiced against Conservative ideas. They think, like, the woke left dominates everyone from the, uh, the judiciary to the civil service to uh, the financial markets. They've very much been taken over by, by wokery. And that this has prevented uh, Conservatism from getting... In getting a a fair hearing.
0: (laughs) So mad. And they also, there seems to be an idea that if only people dared, they would vote, they would vote Conservative. It's like, you know, that something's holding them back.
1: I mean, yeah, but one of the things that's holding them back is that, Liz Truss went on television. <laughs> it's people know who Liz Truss is. It's like, like the same the same bit of Samantha Polling I, I referenced earlier. It did actually say like a lot of these ideas, like the idea of a small estate or lower taxes or whatever, they're quite popular. Like people, a lot people often don't like this, the nanny state thing. That you know, I, I obviously think is fucking brilliant. Um, but you know, this, these ideas are not necessarily popular in the country. Actually, sometimes conservative ideas are quite popular. The problem they've got is literally everyone they're putting on that stage is is immense. Hate hated yeah. at this point, and also like there. So the spokesperson, Mark Littlewood from the Institute of Economic Affairs, who's one of those you meet a certain type of person in Westminster. you Just think, in any other realm of existence, you would not, you would not be gay in life. Yeah. He kept referring to it as a popular conservatism. Yeah, which is not a word.
2: I know he just made it up. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you guys have been too negative. Oh, really? I think it sounds amazing. <laughs> I think it sounds like a less posh Tory, Glastonbury. <laughs> like a less white Glastonbury. I think it's fabulous. Like, yeah, everybody's sneering. They're do, trying something new. They're doing something different. You know what it's like? Do you remember when they had the, Bre- the Bre- festival of Brexit? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been like that. Oh, listen,
2: that. I've still got a hangover from that. Oh, <laughs> my so God. Great. Can, so, I,
1: can go. I read you this amazing tweet from yeah. Papercuts alumnus Marie Leconte? Mm. She said, it's wild that Liz Truss is anti-self-ID when she's proudly chosen to identify as a popular conservative."
0: Well, <laughs> of <love> that knife. <laughs> so, Gronje, there was a surprise appearance from a
2: celebrity, wasn't there, at Listen, the popcorn? It was only a surprise appearance if you haven't been paying attention. Oh, OK. <laughs> Who was it? So, if you're a kiss-kiss girl, which aren't we all, <laughs> you would not be surprised by the appearance of everybody's favourite billionaire property developer, Wag, it was Holly Valance. <laughs> Or Flick from Neighbours, as the OGs know Mm. her as. Yeah. She was there. She was there! Of course she was there. And
0: she was interviewed afterwards and said she was attracted to the Tory right after shunning, quote, crap ideas from quote lefties earlier in her life. She also took a swipe at the climate alarmist and revealed her country, a uh, concern about the way that things are going in the country. She wants Jacob Rees Mogg <laughs> to be. <laughs> Sorry, it's oh. just, I can't even read it out because it's so funny. She wants Jacob Rees Mogg to be Prime Minister
2: and called oh. Lee Anderson awesome. This, what, so there's two things I love about that is, she said in the interview, like, oh, we all start out as these, you know, silly lefties. It's like, Holly, babes, you've been working since you were like 12. <laughs> when was your rebellion phase? When did you struggle economically? You were <laughs> neighbours, like, before, you know, you wore a bra. Like, you have always been quite financially well. And then secondly, it's this thing, it drives me up the wall. It's like Jacob Rees Mogg, and before that was Boris Johnson. You know, all these stupid people who think they're saying something really like original? Like, do you know what? I quite like Jacob Rees Mogg. <laughs> <laughs> there, I said it It's like, you. that's what you've been programmed to say You're not the first person. You, Boris Johnson, say it you like I'd love to go for a pint with them uh, And uh, same with Mac Farage uh, uh, uh.
1: I just think it's time that, you know, whinging lefties Grow up, stop whining and marry billionaire properties <laughs> <Yeah, exactly.
2: laughs> get, get on with this. it If you want to buy a house, there's an obvious way And Holly found that way
1: Grania, this is very much your area of expertise Can you enlighten us about the politics of other neighbours, stars
2: Yes, I can. Craig McLaughlin, Mm. Henry. He is a libertarian. Uh, Natalie Imbruglia, weirdly, very hard, uh, communist. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the, the song I'm Torn is about.
1: <laughs> it's about liquidating the kulaks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Kylie Minogue, just big fan of Nick Clegg.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, in the mail today, and all over its front page is Sarah Vine. She wrote, uh, "I knew the king looked peaky column <laughs> yesterday," <Something> <laughs> <now>. <laughs> which she must have banged out in a few hours on Monday evening. And today there is another piece from her, written yesterday with a kind of tangential tag to King Charles's cancer diagnosis. What is this about this column, Gronia?
2: It's just It's epic and I think everybody should read it. If ever you're concerned that sometimes you make everything about yourself... I think this is a great like point of reference of like, at least I'm not that bad. So uh, Sarah Vine has written an entire page. I assume it's tangentially involved with Prince Charles's medical issues at the moment. She manages to get, I'm going to count the paragraphs, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven paragraphs in before she actually brings up Charles's medical condition. The rest is just her troubled relationship with her dad. Mm. And, you know... You know what you, you know, we all think of Sarah Vine, a woman who cares too much. We all think that. And she says, as my daughter, who's far more insightful than I was at her age, said the other day, you need to stop trying to fix people, mum. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's just second in. So
0: then, but this whole column is about Sarah Vine trying to fix the relationship between Charles and
2: Harry, no? As a way, but obviously the most important thing and what we all are really interested in is, but how did Sarah get on with her own dad? Mm. So she describes sort of how she had a difficult relationship with her dad. They didn't get on very well. And then she kind of grudgingly shifts to talking about Charles and Harry, if I were Harry and I were being brutally honest with myself, I might feel a slight tinge of concern that the current family breakdown might not be the best medicine for his father's ill health. So just a nice way of like going, oh, by the way, and this this could be... Like your fault, really. Yeah. And then she just goes into full, full fan fiction. And um, maybe he too will note his father's sudden frailty, that new godness in his face, the sadness in his eyes, and think to himself, Sadness <laughs> in her ro- eyes! Sad- <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. I love
1: that. She's literally comparing the king to a dog.
2: Yeah, <laughs> she is. <laughs> OK, now I think we're now supposed to be hearing this through Harry's voice. It's enough, is enough. I've said my piece. Let bygones be bygones. And press the restart button on their relationship. Oh my God. So it's all about her relationship with her dad. Then she blames Harry for his father's health setback. Then she imagines this sort of emotional reconciliation on Charles's uh, sickbed. Such moments are very powerful and deeply life-affirming. A resentment... Can melt like snow in springtime. The slightest gesture, the squeeze of a hand, wow. a hug. Can unspeak a thousand harsh words. Charles has to forgive Harry too, of course, but I sense he's more than ready to do that. But it's very Mills and Boone, isn't it? Well, you've got the times, Grainne. It's crazy. I mean, luckily... It obviously is a slow news week with no other big global, you know, catastrophe going happening. Happen. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So how the, the Times have been filling their pages. They've got this amazing column. King, a supporter of patients with beastly disease. The King has a history of supporting cancer patients and once referred to the disease as beastly. So guys, he's never liked cancer. <laughs> There's always been a rift between Charles and cancer. They've never got on. (laughs) (laughs) They've never got on. Yeah, it's just cancer fighting back now, isn't (laughs) it? Yeah, yeah, It's like Taylor Katy Perry. (laughs) That's always been Charles and cancer. And then this is just iconic. They have also in the Times, the paper record, Charles clinging on to routine with 11-minute workout. So they have this whole story about, did you know that this is a man who for many years has begun his day with exercises set down by the Canadian Air Force? <laughs> and then it's got a little diagram of how you two can do Charles's daily workout. <laughs>
0: What is weird about the whole, I mean, Sarah Vine is one thing, but if you look across the papers, there is so much about the royals. I mean, even in The Guardian, there is like, they've got two double page spreads on the royals. And the only facts that we've got is that King Charles has got cancer and that Harry flew over from LA to have an either a 45 minutes or 30 minute meeting with his dad. That's it. We have nothing else. And this is what happens. You have to just fill the papers.
1: I do find it genuinely a bit, a little bit offensive the way the papers are going after Harry today. Yeah, mm. like, they're, like they're really sort of attacking him for like, you know, for it being a flying visit, for it being too late, for not meeting William. It's just like, there is literally nothing that the man could have done that would not result in this. Like if he'd stayed away right now, he'd be getting a, a different variety of shit thrown at him. Yeah. And I just think it's, you know, this is, he might be about to lose his only living parent and it just feels a bit gross to repackage that as as content. I don't know.
0: Yeah, or, or also as blaming. That's yeah, what, that's what it's, like,
1: it's we're, we're apparently, as a society, making it Harry's fault.
2: It's a somebody. She's somebody who is so uh, judgmental, and um, yeah, of other people sort of speaking their own trauma and uh, you know difficult you know, experiences that they other to, but seems absolutely perfectly fine of completely centering herself in a story that she's got, that's got nothing to do with her and she cannot even... How on earth does she know how any of these people are feeling? And what is she adding to it by inventing, like, her own little nativity play about what's happening?
0: Now, it's time for our daily celebration of the subs, our fond morning festival of fun and puns. It's headlines of the day. John, what have you got?
1: The Sun on page three um, has a story about a Roman flat pack bed that's been unearthed twenty feet below the streets of London, hmm. uh, which is apparently a funerary bed, which would have carried an important person to their burial site. It's I'm going to be honest, it's not it's not clear to me how how this this is a flat pack bed as opposed to a bed. Like surely all beds <laughs> start as like bits of wood you can put flat next to each other. <laughs> It's like, if, 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 if they're not queuing in Ikea, I don't see how it counts. Uh, anyway, the headline is, Roman flat pack bed, it's not built in a day.
0: Hey. Which,
1: again, would be quite a poor flat bed. But there's more, there's more. Uh, it says at the top, the dig sleep.
0: Oh, the dig sleep. Very good. OK. Uh,
1: and also uh, the picture caption is Ikea I saw I conquered.
0: That's the best one. That is the best one. Mm-hmm. They should have put that at the top.
1: Uh, OK, page 19. Stunned neighbours woke to find a monster warehouse springing up feet from their back doors after a council planning blunder. This sounds fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this story. This is amazing. Uh, we can just like, why don't we just build more stuff at night when nobody's looking? And the come? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a- anyway, th- apparently the council... Council uh, briefed the wrong streets about about the plan. Uh, but the headline is, where, W-A-R-E, where did that come from?
0: <laughs> Way, very good.
1: And finally, uh, from me, oil giant BP has followed rival Shell by seeing profits halve last year. But you'll be relieved to hear they still came in at a respectable £11 billion. Oh, <laughs> good enough to oh, eat.
2: That's, oh, it well, pays that's the rent, nice. doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, the headline is, they think it's oil over.
0: OK, very good. But it's not all it's over. It's not now. <laughs> um,
2: Gronje, you have the star, right? Yeah, well, this is the story that Guy Ritchie follows a caveman diet and chows down on a juicy steak almost every night. Wow. The headline is, the stakes are so high for Guy... <laughs>
0: Just rub it. Which
2: I don't like the reputation. If you're going to have steaks in the headline, then you shouldn't have it in the, um,
0: the yeah in the actual story. copy.
2: rinse a surprise. Yeah, they should say meat. So this is a story in the Mirror about how the gangsters' mall look made a big comeback at the Grammys. The headline is "Mob Rule." Excellent. And then the Daily Mirror covered that James Corden, the nation's sweetheart, <laughs> has a 10,000-a-day step obsession. Wow. He's, he's crazed. He bloody loves walking. You can't stop him. He is the Captain Tom <laughs> of TV comedy talent. Headline is Gavin and Pacey. Yay he <laughs>
0: Now, let's turn to the part of the papers designed to fluff your fears and empty your wallet. Yes, it's the features section. And we are extremely happy to report that The Telegraph has been listening to our complaints about other papers' food features being too worthy and badly set out and has created a truly excellent online biscuit feature <laughs> John what has the Telegraph
1: done it's set up a poll Yay. you can vote for your favourite biscuit it'll be announcing the results on Friday perfect uh, we're hoping for a top 10 which I understand was, was, was suggested on, on paper cuts in an earlier episode yes the introduction like most of the feature is just literally descriptions of biscuits which is rather nice mm. uh, such as like the, the chocolate bourbon is described as having the heart of a penguin bar and the heart of a British tea break
0: see this is the stuff we want
1: um, but the introduction is brilliant. It refers to, it's, it talks about how the British love biscuits like nobody else and speculates on why, including our tradition of baking and historic access to plentiful sugar. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't explain how we got that sugar any other sort of uh, <laughs> historical atrocities that may have stemmed from that <laughs> biscuits that's the main thing that happened biscuits exactly. yeah, we we'll yeah,
0: skim yeah. over the past we're we'll concentrating around <laughs> yeah, the biscuits I mean from
1: one perspective the entire history of British imperialism was really about access to tea and biscuits wasn't it, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. but I would say there's like so like at the bottom of this they go for all the British favourites like you know the digestive and the hobnob and at the bottom they've got a couple of foreign interloper biscuits yeah one of which is my personal favourite biscuit the Choco Liebnitz mm. uh, which I felt very betrayed by back in, I think it was 2019, when the same, the very same newspaper reported that uh, the Choco Leibniz company had, in the 1940s, been in league with the Nazis.
0: Oh no! Oh. It's, our favourite is a Nazi biscuit! It's, like,
1: it's <laughs> like, it was just, I just remember it being like the most 2019 thing that ever happened to me, <laughs> discovering my favourite biscuit was a fucking Nazi!
0: <laughs> anyway, how you vote is you go online, i am actually recommending that everyone yeah, votes so like, you involved. must vote you go online and you just click you know thumbs up or thumbs down so you can see the votes online so if you have a kind of favourite biscuit and it's not doing very well maybe you could get your friends <laughs> to vote for it so then it moves up the top ten
1: this is what the Telegraph want this is their new traffic model quite right
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it this is
2: okay Grunya. which biscuits are doing well? well I can say it's really good news for uh, shortbread yeah, that's good, yeah. the s- I mean, I know this is what they want, but shortbread biscuits, that is like the tin that you get at Christmas. Like, I just feel sad for people who are like, shortbread is my favourite biscuit. Chocolate digestives, obviously. Yeah, that's so, the most popular. Again, I just, I'm like, explore, try new things. If like the first biscuit you ever tried, which is... The chocolate, biscuit, digestive. If that's still the one that you go to... This is the Telegraph.
0: Oh God, <laughs> yes, of so course. They're not going to go to... I mean, you know, the overseas wild
1: cards, is, as is they call the them. They're not, not... people who marry the childhood sweetheart.
2: Yeah. Really? yeah. It's like, oh, we went to primary school together. Isn't that sweet? And it's not. It's like profoundly depressing. But you have to go, <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Yeah, yeah. Chocolate finger's also doing well. I mean, a few, basically, yeah, quite a lot of the chocolate
0: ones. Although, weirdly... Chocolate Finger's doing well with 3,265 thumbs up to 696 thumbs down. Mm-hmm. But the chocolate hobnob is obviously a step too far because it's not doing that well. It's only got 2,872 to 1,096.
1: I love a chocolate hobnob.
0: I know. I think it's just too far. It's too far for the, it's,
1: the it's telegraph It's, too, it's just, too foreign and fancy it's for the, just the telegraph.
2: Too much. You it's, know, my favourite biscuits is the biscuit that you get when you order a coffee in a cafe and you're not expecting anything and there's that cheeky little biscuit. Yeah, very nice. And quite often they're melt
0: in the mouth. Oh, yeah. Very sugary. I completely agree. Perhaps they should be uh, inserted into the into the competition. And the, the, anyway, the Telegraph has a personal favourite. It says at the very end, the Telegraph's personal favourite, which is the M&S food, extremely chocolatey, milk chocolate round. And they describe it as rings of shortbread within an extra thick coat. Of chocolate. It has the Telegraph's newsroom in raptures. Oh, <laughs> dirty dogs. Yeah, are, aren't they? That's doing very well. 3,263 to 775. You know, I mean, I just want to say if you're up for the pink wafer, it's doing really badly, mm. so it needs a lot of votes.
1: All oh, this is actually um, street code. Like <laughs> each of these biscuits <laughs> refers to different drugs
0: or sexual acts. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> Jammy Dodgers. <laughs> uh, And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to John. Thank you. Thanks to Gronja. Thank you. And of course, thanks to you, lovely listeners, especially our Paper Cut supporters, who not only get to feel smug and extra special, but get a shout
2: out on the show. So, John, who do you have?
1: Uh, it's hello and thank you very much from me to Alicia Rasley.
2: Gronja? It's Kunisathotu, Anwar and Guravmila to and Stone. Beautiful. And from me, it's Haya and
0: thank you so much to Eleanor Winton. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the Eye reveals that volunteers on the Isle of Man are being sought to seal-sit new seal pups to keep them safe from predators. Frankly, we're in the wrong line of work. Seal you later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See you
0: tomorrow. Papercuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with John Illedge and Gornie Maguire. The producer was Liam Tate, assistant producer was Adam Wright, and audio producer was me, Jade Bailey. Music is by Simon Williams, socials by Jess Harpin and Mike Bollen. Design by Jim Parrott and original art by Modern Toss. The executive producer is Martin Boytosh, managing editor is Jacob Jarvis, and group editor is Andrew Harrison. Papercuts is a Podmaster's production.